when you are on a layover yes of course uh, there are layovers at uh, various amazing hotels and uh, yeah it is great to go to various uh, destinations and go to these uh, five star hotels where you get a layover where you have you know amazing spa then you have amazing gym and then nice buffet Hello everyone welcome to aviation podcast episode number 1 This podcast is for all aspiring pilots out there who are curious to know about insights of the aviation industry and today we are going to share you some exciting insights about the aviation industry and we have two hosts with us for the podcast we have captain neha thakre with us she has over 4500 hours on airbus a320 she has over 13 years of teaching experience and over 6 years of flying experience so welcome captain neha to the podcast thank you so much for the wonderful introduction and we have two commercial pilots here with us the winged engineer and commercial pilot nilay thakre so here we are going to give you the information regarding various topics which you would be curious about as we are going to discuss among ourselves which i am sure you would definitely enjoy so the today's topic of discussion will be airline pilot versus student pilot so let's dive into it all right welcome 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 to india's first pilot podcast aviation podcast sorry and <laughs> In- india's india's first aviation podcast okay we don't really know how to name it actually but but we decided aviation podcast okay and uh, all right so here we are to discuss intricacies of pilot training and how a pilot's life really is and what to expect like when we start we this is a completely different kind of profession that there is uh, it's not like anything conventional engineering medicine so what it really takes for you to become a pilot and then then how it is uh, to become a pilot so today we are going to talk about the later part which is how it is to become a pilot and what does a student pilot schedule look like or uh, what does um, an airline pilot's uh, schedule look like all right so here is captain neha who will be talking about what does an airline pilot schedule look like and yeah we both are we both have done our commercial pilot training so so yeah we can we can talk about uh, what's say student the student pilot's life right yes. yeah all right and me and winged engineer we are sharing a mic because we only have one <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, so here what do you think as a pilot you would be very curious to know that what would be the schedule like how would be the pilot's life like in the sense if in case you have a flight at any time in 24 hours right so it could be either at midnight it could be early morning it could be in the afternoon or evening to start with so it is very different than the 9 to 5 job that you would have seen in most of the people that are doing around and hence it distinguishes the pilot's life as well as the profession from 
majority of the other careers so this is one of the major difference apart from that if you have a flight let's say in the evening and you have the flight throughout the night you have to plan your day accordingly you have to be well rested before the flight so it doesn't just go that okay now you are called for the flight and then you know you prepare and then just go all right speaking about the rest part okay so how much rest do you uh, think is is really good or what is recommended or uh, i mean Ideally, how do you rest and and how right. do you think that you need a you can you can go on a party and then the next day you have a flight no. does that work <laughs> no no definitely it does not work that way so ideally you need to be rested for 8 hours which is on an average majority of human beings require that much of rest and before the flight ideally it is 8 hours before the flight of course if you are going for a party then yes you need to ensure that you are not under the influence of alcohol before the flight so it is not a certain period of time it would range from at least 15 hours to 24 hours depending on the intake so you should definitely avoid doing and what about things that are non alcoholic but <clears throat> okay <laughs> so those are prohibited if in case now the new dgca circulars have come up which will come up with the random drug tests and uh, yes of course it is very important that uh, no one as an aviator and as a pilot should be under the influence of that when it comes to flying and flight safety yes yes so, totally being a pilot you should stay away from all the things which are banned for your flight like yes. you should not consume that things speaking about my student uh, life when i was a, a student pilot so what we used to get from the flight school was like a schedule or a roster in the airline terms so every day at around 4 pm we we used to get the schedule for the next day and depending on what time we get our flight we used to plan our day so let's say tomorrow morning at uh, 6 am i have my flight so i would sleep early i would sleep by 9 10 and morning i would report at around 5 530 and uh, depending on the weather i would decide to go for the flight or no all right so here uh, in the airlines the roster we call it as and that is published on about 28th of every month for the next month so once we get the roster we can plan our rest and our days off as well as when we have a flight we can plan our rest as well so once you have the plan because of the different changes let's say if you have early morning flight at 5 o'clock reporting you depending on your transport time one hour let's say and then before that you take about 45 minutes to one hour to get ready so you have to work in the reverse way every time so 5 o'clock reporting so i wake up at 3 o'clock get ready by 4 leave by 4 4:15 and then reach the airport so the transport time generally in the considering all the flight duty time limitations is 45 minutes which is assigned to you already which is the average transport time but if in case you are uh, stay away which would take more time or if you have a traffic at that point of time then you need to cater for that so we always need to work in reverse and then 
plan for it and uh, you execute the flight so 3 o'clock you have to wake up you must sleep by 7 considering the 8 hours of rest period 7 in the evening you go to bed i hope you get <laughs> sleep by that time if you don't then you need to ensure that that day in the morning you wake up early and you need to work in the reverse way yes, yes. that's how I, it is i believe that pilot's job is 24 by 7 so you have to sleep at any time you have to wake up at any time depending on your schedule so you have to adjust accordingly so how hectic do you think the schedule gets so uh, if in case this is early morning if in case it is a night flight then yes you have to you know stay awake uh, the whole night in that case you could sleep in the afternoon so that you are able to manage in that particular at uh, that night and then you can go on with your flight duty so whenever the flight time is more than 3 hours as per the dvc circular we can have a controlled rest as an airline pilot you must be traveling uh, to different airports so it's exciting but as a student pilot we used to go to the same airport where the flight school is located so we used to go to the same route come to the same route so i want to know like how exciting was it to visit different airports at different time meet people so how was it for you so every day is different for a pilot if we consider that even if you go to let's say if i am tomorrow going to delhi then after i'm going to kolkata then indore then dubai or doha so every day even if you go to these airports then also the weather would be different let's say if tomorrow i'm going in the morning you considering the winter season and considering these irregular operations and fog i have to prepare it differently than if i would go to delhi any other day so it is a different set of preparation and landing and take off from those particular airports compared to any other day so it is of course always exciting whenever you fly to these uh, major airports the challenging things are so much of radio telephony communication apart from that if the weather is bad like if the visibility is low yes we have to follow the procedures considering the low visibility as well as if in case the winds are really strong then in that case we have to you know apply certain techniques in order that it's a crosswind landing technique if in case the weather is bad if you go to dubai and uh, doha these are dubai is pretty busy airport a small mistake like any restriction on the star if you miss out it is a violation you it is a reportable violation and it is taken really very seriously in order to let those particular operators fly to that airport so pilots have to be extremely careful while flying to especially dubai so these are the things when you have to be like extremely careful in every small action that you take and yeah yes so uh, i would say like the main duty or the main purpose of pilot flying the aircraft is safety like to follow all the rules and regulations yes and take care of the passengers who are traveling with them 
I mean, uh, yeah, I get it. While while you head to the off, I've seen you being your brother. I've seen you like your completely in a focused mindset, and and you're referring your iPad for probably what kind of aircraft it is because even you have several types like uh, say A320, A321 or yes. or something yes. A319. I don't think so, no. but maybe. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. so you have that kind of things and then then what route you are flying and then what would be the expected weather and taf and and all of those things right uh in our case like how do you if you know the weather is bad and and stuff so in in our case what we used to do is we would just cancel the flight being student <laughs> pilots actually not student uh, pilots but we, we used to fly solos when when we were private pilots right correct. private instrument rated pilots okay then if the weather is not good we'd just cancel the flight and not take any risks and correct. but but in commercial flying like actual airline flying it is not like that you've got to go right so if in case the weather is bad it if it is really bad where there is a thunderstorm activity where the winds are really gusting 30 40 knots if it, that is forecast then the airlines will cancel the flight themselves whereas if in case it doesn't always happen because it is eventually pilot's responsibility if in case it is expected that the weather will improve when you depart and you go there and that time if it has not improved it is really bad then yes as a captain you, ha- you have to take with the uh, consultation with the first officer and we decided together that what decision and what will be the further course of action that we have to take so in that case we do carry some more extra fuel so that we wait for the weather to improve <coughs> and then we take the call so whenever we prepare for a flight mm-hmm. we take about five things into consideration like first is very important that the aircraft technical status so if in case there is any kind of a minor fault then we need to ensure that yes it is acceptable and what all things we need to follow as a pilot before we proceed with the flight apart from that we consider the weather in route weather of all the airports as well as the destination weather the alternate airport weather so that needs to be ensured and checked that it is above the minimum which is required for the landing at those airports as well as we take into account the no tams so no tams is basically notice to airman so there could be a closure of a particular taxi way which will be affecting at the time of arrival so we need to ensure that yes that particular uh, you know closure we are aware of let's say you are landing on one runway and the rapid exit taxi way which you normally exit if that is closed then yes, you yes. must be aware of that so of course there will be ats which will mention about it but there could be lapse on their part if in case there is mm. no you know then pilot is in uh, supposed to yes, be yes. is responsible I, I for that stand, like where my instructor used to mm. trick me like whenever i go for a flight he used to tell me runway minor is closed what are you going to do i'm like it's open like and then he makes me read the note m like he was just checking if i'm reading the note m or not 
So yes, so that's that's how they used to confirm like whether we are following the steps like in the flight preparation. So to avoid the embarrassment at the yes. airport and prevent <laughs> the ATC yeah. from telling you that, <laughs> bro, you need to read your notams. So instead of that, and at times it is possible that they are like, no, you don't know this much also or what. And if you do such thing at the major international airport, then they do file a report against yes. that pilot. And we were so and we were training at an international airport so mm-hmm. it was a very busy airspace and uh, there used to be construction work going on because the right, airport was right, innovating right, right. so uh, on our part it's very important to read the notems when we are going solo because correct, we are correct. by ourselves okay correct. and uh, there's no one to help us so going with the proper flight preparation flow like uh, we also have to make the nav logs like i don't know what uh what's the thing for the airline so okay, for in the airline it is called as operational flight plan okay and in that we have to it is in the similar format but the nav log is on the other page there is an entire operational flight plan which has the flight number departure okay. destination alternate then how much fuel you're going to carry how much is trip fuel how much is reserve fuel how much is alternate fuel yes and then addition will be the block fuel then how much is the takeoff weight what will be a takeoff speeds and, and yes. all of that okay so for, for those of you who don't know what is a nav log it's a navigation log it's a flight plan from location a to b in which all the details of your flight would be mentioned and uh, you prepare this nav log for your flight let's say you have a cross country from uh, uh, mumbai to delhi i'm just taking an example from mumbai to delhi so you check the weather you uh, check how much fuel you're going to require you uh, calculate the takeoff and landing weight depending on the passengers and uh, you check the notams if the airport at delhi is operational or not so this is the overview of a navlog and uh, if possible we will cover it in some other episode and yes yeah that that part we used to do in this pre flight action right yes. uh, like all those pre flight action would uh, do the takeoff data card then there would be a nav log and then the we would I uh, yeah i am safe checklist okay and yeah that's that's pretty yes. good and even we uh, in fact at every waypoint so if you are doing visual flight then you have to che- have a checkpoints whereas in case of the flight plan and the instrument flight rules when you follow then there will be waypoints and yes. at those waypoints even we have to write the time and the fuel that whatever is the actual fuel on board and Correct. check it with the estimated fuel on board and ensure that there is no fuel leak yes. so that is and thing. one thing i would like to tell everyone is like the nav logs which we make in a flight school so we calculate each and everything for an airlock so it takes roughly around 1 to 1 and a half hour and uh, <laughs> if if the flight get cancels then you have to do it all over <laughs> like for one leg it's 1 yeah. and a half hour so for uh, inbound leg and outbound leg it's around 3 hours of work which you put <laughs> right, in right right and right. if the flight get cancel you have to do everything again. all over again so for airline Whereas i would say for <laughs> airlines if there is any change or any changes in the flight or any weights are ch- varied yes. you know in that case uh, the we get a flight plan ready it is a computerized flight plan okay so the dispatchers will do the job for pilots and uh, that 
those values are fed in and computerized flight plan will be ready at the airline operations uh, office yes, so yes we get it uh, ready man <laughs> yes correct i mean actually we used to do it for vfr flights okay and for ifr even we had something <laughs> like that there was there were softwares for it like for flight was there then then uh, there was another one right sky vector uh, was mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. so for ifr it wasn't uh, a main problem but for vfr until you are a private pilot and instrument rated pilot uh in instrument rating okay you do get to file ifr uh flight plans but not in private flying because it is all vfr <laughs> so every cross country flight would have to write uh, a nav log and and use the cx3 okay and uh, right yeah right. by the way in your times there were no cx3 or cx2s yeah. right you used to uh, was do there. that chapati CX2. thing right <laughs> <laughs> so we had cx2 uh-huh. uh yeah so to calculate the ground speed and right. we had uh, so my flying since it happened back in the year 2008 there used to be a sheet of uh, paper and then there used to be yes uh, you know hey track then true air speed then wind whatever is forecast then you calculate the ground speed and heading and all of those things and then the fuel check it with your estimated fuel and all of that so we had a cx2 back then and uh, we had the vfr charts in uh, india th- mm-hmm. there are certain vfr charts and ifr charts were the most um, so basically flying vfr i personally did not enjoy so much but yes i love to fly ifr Same and you have way. jepson it is sorted and you have the airways and it's absolutely amazing same to fly same those with routes. me i love instrument flying and uh, at night would be better i guess <laughs> <laughs> what about you yes of course instrument uh, flying uh, i would really i love it visual uh, flight or visual uh, circuit yes i love to do sometimes even uh, you know as a commercial pilot at places where there is less traffic and uh, let's say in bangalore there is less traffic at night 2 o'clock you are landing yes. or even um, you know jodhpur and then these small places where there is barely any traffic so you can just fly visual and then you uh, reduce on the number of mm. uh, you you save on some time as well as save on fuel and uh, it's amazing yes but you have to be very careful uh, while doing the visual yes. approach yes and what's what's your favorite part of the day to fly is it day or night <coughs> uh yes uh, if you consider the rest period then yes uh, morning or daytime flights okay but otherwise uh, that is that is because as a, as a student yeah. pilot i used to enjoy night flight uh, one of the reason would be the bumpiness in the air because uh, due to the heat hmm. during the hmm. day hmm. the air would tend to be bumpy and uh, it won't be that comfortable flight on a hot day so but compared n- it with night night is smooth and less traffic so night if you say for the pilot it starts 30 minutes after sunset, sunset. so are you talking about the midnight to 4 o'clock flies or just just something around sunset? 10 pm 9 10 huh. pm that is comfortable that is yes. comfortable <laughs> yeah so actually i mean at least in florida after sunset 
it would kind of calm down the afternoons would be terrible like you would really struggle to maintain altitude i mean we used to fly those <coughs> small cessnas right so, so bigger yes, the aircraft i guess course. it's it gets easier even, even much stable yeah, yeah so even when you i don't know i you wouldn't have flown a cessna 152 when no. i have flown 152 and when i we switched to 172 <laughs> i felt much better it was much stable then when i flew multi engine p68 it was even more stable and now i'm flying 320 then it is much more stable unless of course if there are winds which are in the order of you know 15 20 knots and then even more than yes evr also we need to apply the correction and if it gets gusty like in mumbai in monsoon it really gets uh, gusty and uh, the winds are pretty strong so that time even uh, at if we don't we, the aircraft gets kind of you know unstable at the last moment then yes, yes we have to go around so yeah that can happen here also like even with these big jets Okay. Yes. So te- tell me something about your uh, <coughs> pre-flight check for Airbus A320. Like we used to do our like Cessna a pre-flight check within I would say 10 to 15 minutes, and uh, we pretty much used to remember like what things to check, oil, fuel, and all. Okay. So how much time does it take to like do a pre-flight check for Airbus A320? So. If you consider the time duration that it takes right from the time you go to the cockpit if you know we have we are two pilots okay. so we two of us for 15 to 20 minutes do the job either bus 320 so okay. that is uh, the amount of workload basically shared so, so is that the cockpit preparation thing or or it is so pre flight or majority part of the pre flight was outside of the aircraft huh. whether the aircraft uh, airfoils and everything is is perfectly hmm. in shape hmm. or hmm. not or has it been right. affected right. it so happened uh, once i had my first night flight okay So this is interesting. <laughs> Victor Avila Gansi. Okay, that might be bleeped. Okay. So Victor Avila Gansi, this is I'm a, I'm a private pilot, okay, and and I'm going to the airplane all right first flight, first night flight of of my <coughs> pilot career, okay, very first. Now I yeah, he had taught me how to do the pre-flight and uh, initially you do not remember each thing so you refer to the checklist, checklist. and and make sure that uh, okay I'm going and I had this habit of just taking my hands around the prop okay I did that and I I mean felt something really sharp okay so I was like uh, what is it okay and then i checked all right vector was right all right ready to go okay uh, i don't think so you might want to check this prop okay and then the he checked and we wrote down that the potential prop strike before okay. i mean we mm-hmm. did not okay mm-hmm. we were going mm-hmm. for a flight mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. flight mm-hmm. before us was mm-hmm. okay 
so yeah we called engineers mm. and then engineers checked and they were like yeah this has been struck oh okay. my god okay and the mm. previous student who flew it did not report it okay oh, okay so that is the importance of a good pre-flight in in especially pilot training okay and yeah absolutely in uh, airline career as well as i well, mean yes. but you have multiple levels where the airlines make sure that the flight is safe to go including the decision of a captain then there are engineers right or, so or, yes yeah. so the inspection is performed by uh, engineer as well as the pilots so it is mandatory that even the pilot must cross check and perform the exterior walk around before the captain signs the you know and accepts the flight so even though engineer performs the walk around after arrival of the aircraft and he performs the walk around before pushback so engineer performs the walk around twice and in the bit in and the pilot will perform it once so uh, there are yes there are three you know times the walk around is performed around the aircraft so basically it is uh, required that you do a thorough walk around so in our case in the Airbus 320, pilot flying will do the mainly cockpit preparation and the pilot monitoring will go for the walk around. So for all the aspiring pilots who don't know what is a prop strike and what is a tail strike. So if this is a plane and this is a runway. So if the prop touches the runway surface, it is called as a prop strike. And when you are landing, when you flare too much, flaring is like pulling the yoke too much towards yourself. So the tail, when the tail strikes the runway surface, it is called a tail strike, right? Yeah. Okay, so this were the two important things we yeah. used to look during our yeah, like training days. Yeah. Because as we are learning, we tend to make mistakes and uh, eventually we improve and uh, we get control of the plane. So during solo phase, that's the time when we learn the most, like most of the flying part is learned correct. during that time because correct. we are on our own and we take all the decision by ourselves. And if there's anything with the flight, we decide. Okay. Correct. So doing the solo flight again and again, going to different airports and coming back again, if, even if the weather changes or stuff. Okay. So we learn couple of new things in every flight so which right. makes our flying right. good i would say it would improve our flying right right, right? right, uh, right. for uh, like for instance i got a six hour block so i went to Tallahassee from sanford and uh, while coming back the weather got a bit shady like the winds were gusting and stuff and the ceiling was low okay so what i did was i hold for like 10 to 15 minutes and uh, after that, I thought the weather would improve, but uh, it improved a bit and the forecast was saying like it's gonna deteriorate more. Okay, so uh, all I had like two things like go to an alternate or land at Sanford. Okay, mm -hmm. but even at the alternate, the weather was gonna go bad. So I was like, let's do it. If, if I'm not able to land with this wind, I'll go to the alternate. So okay. I went in like I remember my <laughs> friends saying like they were they were waiting at nine or left to see my landing because I was on solo. <laughs> so there's a thing like we 
we were excited like if we see like suppose nila is flying right so we used to go to the runway or hear his atc mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. okay right. so they were standing on niner left mm-hmm. and uh, atc cleared me to land on niner right okay uh-huh. so they cannot go and <laughs> go watch on yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes so yeah. yes yeah. so <laughs> i landed uh, like it was a good landing so i learned in that landing like how to do a crosswind landing mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. so i used mm-hmm. the crabbing method and uh, landed the aircraft safely and i was back so that awesome. that was one of my stories very nice that's that's amazing that's amazing yes so recently i uh, went to uh, the mom so that time the earlier runway news was 16 right and uh, there were there are two parallel runways so i prepared 16 right and 16 left both of them so we have two options one is the primary flight plan and secondary flight plan in case of the last minute changes we can just activate the secondary flight plan and then we are ready even if there is a change of runway so we don't have to do the entire preparation all over again so i prepared for both and then the winds reversed completely and the visibility dropped down to the minimum visibility required for landing so <laughs> both the things happened together and that happened below about 15000 feet so prepared the changed uh, the runway changed the entire um, flight plan again in the fms thereafter um, went on for uh, you know approach and the atc is reporting winds are 20 knots of crosswind so i was like if the visibility is slightly low which was just uh, limiting to for cat 1 landing minima which is cat 1 ILS is that type of ILS which is the first category of ILS where the auto land is not allowed so the visibility was just there so it was okay so i was just preparing for that but when i came in the winds were so strong it was just getting the aircraft left right left right left right it was just banking like that and then but it was still under the control, control. so it was not to the point where any time you know the aircraft was out of if if that was the case then yes i would have definitely gone around but uh, yes it was in the control the disconnecting landed on the center line like crabbed and then decrabbed uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the feeling of yes. you feel really good when you, you land in the max like 20 knots of crosswind in the limiting visibility you feel amazing Yes, you so, feel amazing and you are satisfied for the day. Like yes, it's it's like oh, wow, I have done. So we landed in today. dust storm in yes. the <laughs> low visibility. Yes. Right, I I I cannot imagine the pressure you would be facing at that time, having like two hundred twenty passengers on board and uh, having the whole responsibility for your plane, like yeah. the safety. Okay, because as so. a student pilot, we don't. experience that much pressure because we are the only one and uh, instructor is there to correct if there's any mistake right so but when you're solo you are on your own <laughs> yes solo we are yes i am on my own but the passengers okay and a320 is a huge aircraft right so that pressure with time let's see how how it goes like we are really excited to start <laughs> our journey Okay. So when it was such a smooth landing, I was like, "Wow, it was amazing!" First, I was like, 
A state, excellent, amazing. So yeah, I yeah. I mean, it. I think as pilots, we live and die for that moment, right? Like every <laughs> time, no, every time we land, there is a satisfaction, satisfaction right? There is yes. always a satisfaction, and you do remember that landing until you land for the next time, right? <laughs> like your yes, last landing, yes. you always remember, like. If you close your eyes and remember your last landing, yes, every pilot will be able to remember that, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, basically, uh, speaking of solo, right? Speaking of solo, solo is, I think, it teaches you how to take responsibility, right? Yes. Like, until there is a first officer, uh, sorry, there is an instructor in, in the cockpit, you are always like, Alright, something goes wrong here and there, what, what to do, and, and then, then when it comes uh, to solo, it's all you, right? The first solo, alright, first solo is, okay, you barely, I mean, take the aircraft on, yeah, on a few sorties and, and, and the, in the circuit. But then eventually, as you continue doing solo, you experience more and more and uh, learn from it make better decisions make safer decisions and uh, yeah that's that's about the solo flying and last thing that that i was talking about uh, the profit and then the engineers actually uh, opened okay the aircraft that we were going to take okay they opened the cowl and actually the whole uh, bracing for the engine was bent okay oh the firewall that there is was was bent okay and that aircraft did not fly for 30 days or 45 oh days God. something like that so yeah oh if we would have taken that aircraft we could have died <laughs> <laughs> That's why pre-flight is the most important yeah. part of the flight preparation. Yeah. The student that flew the aircraft before us uh, actually did not do the post-flight. Or, or he did not report the incident or the accident. But no incident, actually. Yeah. So, uh, the post-flight, uh, it depends if in case you have any kind of... Uh, requirement to do the post flight if in case there is a bird strike which has happened or if in case uh, there is any kind of uh, you know incident which you think or any unusual thing has happened because of which you think you need to inspect the aircraft only in that case the post flight is required to be done otherwise it's all good okay yeah. so as a student pilot when we are training right so when we are doing the post flight so we just tie down the plane and we log in the hours like how much hours we flew and then we walk to the uh, post flight briefing room so in the flight if anything is wrong so we would just think oh shit i did not do this landing well i did not do this maneuver well now what will my instructor think blah 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 that's the thing okay so when when we are about to enter we just look at instructor's face and then we sit down and then instructor tells me okay this is the thing you did not do you need to improve on this you need to uh do this maneuver better okay you need to 
work on your landing something like that so initially the flight uh, like the post flight brief would go on for like 10 15 20 minutes because we are learning like in the private pilot but as we uh, go up to the instrument and the commercial pilot license thing so that that time reduces because we are familiar correct, with the plane correct, with correct. the rules and stuff okay correct, correct. so that's our post flight look and after that just we used to like go home enjoy our day like go to gym there's tennis nice. like roam around okay because uh generally we would go to school for three to five hours and mm-hmm. rest of the day we would have for ourselves okay okay so in the post flight so we have eight hours which is aircraft communication addressing and reporting system so in that the pushback time the chocks on time are recorded and we just have to note down those timings so that we can upload it in the egca logbook so uh once that is done thereafter uh, the captain so i signed the the aircraft tech you log are the captain. and then yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i signed the aircraft uh, flight record book that yes there is nothing uh, the aircraft is good and sector has been performed really well, there is absolutely no snag in the aircraft. And I just sign it. After that, me and first officer will discuss about how was the flight, what all things we could have improved, if in case there is any improvement required. Or if we have done anything good, then that is that also we you mentioned discuss. that, yes, you've done this well and that worked well. As well as if we could have done something if there is anything that has not gone as per the SOPs or anything that has gone beyond the limits which has uh, if it has happened then we discuss about it that yes you need to take this particular precaution next time so yeah that's uh, about post flight come Um, back home work out go to the gym and then take rest okay so what does it look like when you are on a layover when you are on a layover yes of course uh, there are layovers at uh, various amazing hotels and uh, yeah it is great to go to various uh, destinations and go to these uh, five-star hotels where you get a layover where you have you know amazing spa then you have amazing gym and then nice buffet Buffet. where you go and then hog your favorite dishes and um, yes i really love it so you get a change from your routine life so you're not always coming home but yes you will have a change and yes you would enjoy that as well yes yes we don't get (laughs) leo so if you go to so we used to be given with four <laughs> hours block time, okay? Take the aircraft, bring it back before four, four hours, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, you would be marked as you would be flagged. <laughs> so if you go to Kolkata, you can have fish. I mean, if you're non-vegetarian. Otherwise, you can have any other um, dish that you would like to. If you go to Chennai, you can have Chennai delicacy then uh, you go to Mangalore, you can have Mangalorean curry and um, yeah, so you can have various. Okay, that reminds me of a question. 
आर यू एन इंटरनेशनल पायलट और डोमेस्टिक पायलट So this is the first <laughs> question people will ask. Yes. Are you an international <laughs> pilot or, or a domestic <laughs> pilot? So So please answer uh, that. <laughs> so when you are a pilot then you are eligible to fly internationally as well as domestically. There are only certain airports where you require special clearances like for example if you let's say Patna it's a runway which is shorter and two it's now technically called as performance limited yeah, airfield okay. so for every aircraft performance limit is different so performance limited airfields are those airfields for that type of aircraft you need the special clearance so you need certain route check there are requirements which are laid down in the manual so if you are a pilot you can fly at domestic uh destinations as well as at international destinations of course when a first officer and a captain is newly released and very fresh then they are not allowed to go to certain international airports like dubai because of the amount of workload and the requirement and the sop compliance that is required at such airports so once you meet with that experience requirement then you can fly to those destinations there is absolutely no binding and no problem in that <laughs> i have i have heard like the leh ladakh airport is is the most challenging to yes. land on yes it is it is uh, surrounded by mountains there is a chance of bad weather at any point of time as well as uh, this airport has only visual approach there is no instrument over there apart from that the elevation being 10000 plus the aircraft limitation itself needs to be respected because not all the aircrafts have the limitation to operate at airports which are above 10000 so at those places and even you imagine you are descending and landing at a place where elevation is more than 10000 whereas in the cabin the cabin pressure was earlier 8000 and if you are descending to 10000 so the pressurization needs to be uh with the help of the apu that is the auxiliary power unit and uh, so those uh, changes are there at the leh ladakh airport as well as because of the reduced density the thrust production is also less so in the afternoon it gets really challenging so uh, the cabin pressurization like uh, in airbus uh, can you set the pressure altitude of the cabin yes uh, so normally it goes maximum to 8000 feet mm-hmm. now landing into ladakh you are landing at so a place so it could go as low as 8000 8000 right? is maximum, maximum cabin altitude correct 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 and when you land then that time the so from 8000 you actually land at the where the cabin altitude and airport altitude should be the same correct right then correct, only the correct, door will open correct, correct. otherwise yes. door will yeah, not open yeah yeah, yeah correct all right yeah. so whenever land at such airports then the cabin pressure needs to be equalized with the airport pressure in order to open the door otherwise cabin crew will be thrown out of the cabin 
Correct. More on this on CNTA Technical General, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just sign up for demo lessons on cntaaonline.in technical general CPL. It will cover the chapter of uh, technical pressurization. general pressurization. <laughs> pressurization. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the pressure outside and pressure inside the cabin needs to be the same before the door opening. Opens. And yeah, yeah, door opens. So you open the outflow valve or something like uh, Yeah, there is a manually you can open the outflow, outflow valve, valve and then Correct. equalize the pressure. Otherwise, Correct. the cabin pressure warning light will come on. Correct. before you Correct. when you open Correct. the door yeah in, in Cessna there is no pressurization or anything <laughs> like that okay so you can open the window whenever you want okay and, and do whatever you want just just don't throw anything because <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were speaking about logbooks right yes these are, these are the logbooks so so what now now there won't now now there won't be any logbooks anymore or or so in India if you want to do your flying then there is no requirement to maintain this hard copy logbook and you can log all these hours in the egca logbook so do so, we need to have now logbook submitted to dgca or or we just need to fill up egca if you have flown after first jan 2021 then you will need to log those hours in egca if you have not if you have flown before that then you can have these hard copy logbooks and submit it to the dgca okay. for the issue of your cpl okay yes mm -hmm. for issuance of cpl i think right now we need to submit a logbook and also log our hours on egca all right uh, so i mean we discussed many things today and uh, that's about it but one thing that if someone uh, has to like we are all grateful for your guidance always like i'm i am my pleasure and, uh, yes but one thing that you would suggest people that are thinking about aviation or considering to start their pilot career or they are doing their pilot training right now one thing that you would recommend uh, all right uh, so being an aspiring pilot is not always a cakewalk you always need to be extremely focused extremely dedicated towards your goal and make sure you put in your efforts in order to reach your goal all right so definitely we will have more guests over in the next podcast to come and we shall come up with more and more interesting topics regarding the aviation I hope you have enjoyed this. Looking forward to see you in the next one. Thank you very much. Have a great day ahead.